Hi, Jesse. Hey. Did you start recording already? Yeah, I sure did. That's, uh, that's... <laughs> I was hoping to catch some of that good Camden Yard talk you guys were having before uh, noticing that I had popped in here, but that didn't, uh, that was tailing off, is, is, Alas. is how that went. Uh, but I we will... will... Say, <laughs> the, I, I do have a, a Camden Yard story from my childhood, though. Um, sure. One of this was, I think this may have been the first year Camden was open. If it wasn't, it was like the first or second year. Like it was very, very, very new then because I was still like a kid. And my uncle, who's an attorney, had gotten tickets from his firm. So we were all going to go. It was me and him and my aunt and my cousins. We were all excited. We're in the car. We, we get in a car accident on the way there. Nobody's hurt, but my aunt's pregnant at the time get into a, you know, just a fender bender, but like, it's, you know, we're like, okay, shit, we can't drive the rest of the way into Baltimore now. Um, and my how, uncle- How far out are you at this point? Uh, I, we're like, my, they lived in Rockville at the time. We were like, I don't know, like halfway there, maybe it wasn't that bad. Um, so we make our way. My uncle's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, your aunt needs to go back to, like, I feel really bad, but your aunt needs to go to bed and like, make sure she's okay. And like, we don't have, we'll, we'll go another time. So my, my uncle felt so bad that we proceeded to then get uh, very, very nice tickets before I left my summer trip. Uh, so it was like, worked out okay, but it was just very, very comedy of errors in a very my family way. But that was, uh, but I do remember uh, Mike Messina and that was fun. I want to say that I was going to see Mike Messina's last start as an Oriole in Baltimore. Um, it was around oh. that time. It was the end of that yeah. season. Yeah. And I may have played it up in my head at this point that Musina was going to start there. I did see his first Yankee start. Um, totally different story for another time. But <laughs> went, went on the train from Philadelphia to Baltimore. Uh, beautiful day, late September, maybe early October. I think it was late September. Um, I was in college, went down to from Philly to Baltimore on the Amtrak, uh, made my way down to the stadium nice and early, got to walk around the whole joint, see everything. Uh, there was no batting practice because the tarp was on the field. Um, and the tarp stayed on the field. Oh, no. And it was about 9 o'clock when they oh, finally no. called the game without a drop of rain having fallen. Oh, fucking of course. Um. By the time that I got back to the Baltimore train station to go back to Philadelphia, uh, <laughs> it did start pouring, but there was certainly time to play some innings of baseball. And yeah, right. uh, Jim Cobb uh, agreed as much when I ran into him on the platform um, at the train station as the oh game, having been called, allowed him to catch an earlier train back to New York. That is funny. That is that is one of those things that I know makes me very spoiled living on the West Coast. That like we don't do rain delays here. Like it doesn't fucking rain in the summer. So like the only time you get a rain delay in California is like either the very very beginning or the very end of the season. Uh, I, it was it was fun in Colorado because we don't get rain delays either. But we did have a snow postponement last year. I remember that. I wouldn't say. I feel like there's there's been a hail delay while the Giants were in Colorado at least once too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, there was the, hail a couple of weeks ago there. Yeah, yeah, just fucking mountains, man. 
the, the snow delay was actually against the, against the Mets in like April. I I went to the yeah. I went to the the doubleheader the next day because I was still Amazing. snowing, and I was like, I want to catch baseball in the snow. And then it was like first pitch starts, or like it's like a half an hour before first pitch, the sun comes out and stops snowing, and it was like twenty degrees, and I'm like, damn it, I wanted to watch baseball in the snow. You're like, now this is just uncomfortable. It's not like novel. I mean, it was still, it was only like 50 degrees. So it wasn't terrible, but that's not bad. degrees in Colorado in the sun is like 70 degrees. Yeah, that's fine. I'll tell you what, this, uh, speaking of temperatures and the West, this Arizona has been in my backpack and it's like a little insulated uh, pouch at the side of the backpack designed for just this purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as cold of a can as I was hoping for, but we will mm. crack it open. That Unfortunately, the Arizona half iced tea and half tropical. There's a picture of what appears to be a mango here. There's uh, like, something like a mango, a passion fruit, maybe a, a passion maybe a, fruit, a, maybe a could peach, be a pomegranate, maybe a peach over here, an apple, yeah. maybe apple, not really tropical. Uh, we'll no. see how this goes. Now, I'm Jesse from the internet. This is Willits Pod. And uh, you've already heard from Britt from the internet and Jordan from the internet. I'm very excited about the report back on this Arizona because, Jesse, you somehow find, like, flavors of Arizona that I didn't know existed on such a regular basis. There's, like, four Arizonas in my regular store, and they are all delicious, and I love them. However, I feel a little cheated. I remember when Arizona made um, a, a, a soda brand called Shack Soda. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I don't remember. I have not thought about that. that. It was like unlocking a recovered memory. I have not thought about that in so long. I just, I just started thinking about the like convenience store across the street from my high school that had mm. like every possible flavor of Arizona. And then one day it had these shack sodas. And I was like, oh, that's also by Arizona. And they're in those tall cans. And they're only like two bucks. I, and I used to get those for a while because it was just like, it was I a mean, that is a that terrible. is a bargain. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is really good. I mean, it's not surprising that it's really good. The Arizona Ice Tea Company does great work on the regular. They do to excellent the point work. That we, uh, we are uh, giving them free advertising all the time. You should go to willtopen.com. Uh, that's the real sponsor of this show is our own stuff that we make and sell. Uh, but yeah, no, they, I'm not at all surprised. It's, it's, uh, there is the picture of the pineapple here on the can. Uh, oh, pineapple, yeah, pineapple is, I think the dominant fruit flavor that I'm dealing with here. Uh, but definitely the, the mango comes through uh, a little bit of maybe nice. a dragon fruit kind of thing happening. Uh, the nice. ingredients that we have here are premium infused blend of black teas. Uh, premium. Uh-huh. Uh, using filtered water, high fructose corn syrup, uh, glucose fructose syrup, uh, pear juice from concentrate, pineapple juice from concentrate, uh, got a, a guava puree, uh, guava, oh, like that. Guava, okay. Yeah, and uh, natural flavor Love citric guava. acid, and uh, I need <laughs> better context and better lighting than this. <laughs> The guava, guava that's, uh, though. That, that, that is the mystery flavor uh, mixed yeah. in with the tropical here, and that's what's getting it done. 
I I love guava. Guava is an underappreciated uh, fruit, oftentimes. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I do love me a good guava. Also, not what you see mixing in a lot. So, uh, shout out Arizona Ice Tea and uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Please come on Will's Pod <laughs> and talk to us about your soda, and uh, we will make myself like this too. It'll be a good time. Yeah. We can also talk about Shaq's tweets because they're yeah amazing. Although Shaq is uh, apparently a terrible DJ. He's he has a, he's a DJ called DJ Diesel. He um uh was supposedly he was performing at the um what's it called after the Orioles game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think June thirtieth. Oh my god! Um, and a friend of mine was like listening to his his DJ music uh, in just like seeing what it sounded like, and she was like, "It's the kind of bad where it's like not even funny." funny bad oh just, no it's just bad that's unfortunate yeah extremely i was on the dying website twitter.com uh, I've where i found I've the, heard of it. yeah um yeah often used for uh far right uh organizing and shit posting but also um a well-known place for uh, sports talk and sports clickbait accounts such as uh, Codify Baseball, which may have, you know, I, I, you know, their bio says dozens of MLB pitchers have trusted Codify's personalized game planning for greater pitching success. Send a DM to learn how to join them today. Um, their stuff appears, yeah, they got a pin tweet that's like Codify Baseball notable clients appeared on MLB Network, blah, 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 blah. I had them muted because... Um, <laughs> They tweet a ton of just clickbaity bullshit like this. Um, most disliked teams in baseball via the Codify team poll. Do you have a favorable opinion of this oh, team? Okay, I look. And, I, and this, I, I know exactly this, where you're going. Right. This is probably my uh, low grade neurodivergence talking here, but I hate that question. Mm-hmm. Because I need you to define your terms, first of all. Yes. Do I think they're good? Do I like them? Do I think positively of their business practices? Like, I need you to define your terms. Second of all, I need you to give me an I have no opinion option. Because what I realized going through those tweets when they were going around, you know, the other day, whatever it was, um, I realized that I have no opinion about like 20 of 30 teams. Like the vast majority of Major League Baseball, I am just like John Ham. I don't think about you at all. Like you are, you are, you are nothing. I forget you exist until you show up to play one of the teams I root for. Like the American League Central, I don't know her. Like <laughs> honestly, I I watch a team in the American League Central, and I I constantly forget about the Kansas City Royals. Like real, like the, the Kansas City Royals are a lie, and I say that as someone who one of my absolute favorite baseball players on earth plays for the Kansas City Royals, and I'm still like, oh right, oh right, them. Like I just, <laughs> it's. I know who several of your favorite players are, and I cannot picture who it is on the Royals right now because I have no concept <laughs> of anyone on their team who isn't Bobby Witt Jr. Um, uh, and I'm not Singer. even sure if he's playing well or Ooh, at all right now. Brady Singer, yeah. now, now a Royal. 
No, noted former Gator, Brady Singer. Yeah. Yes, 20, 2017 <laughs> national champion. That's what happened to him, huh? That, that is what happened to him and, and Jackson Carr, sadly. But. Wait, did, okay, I have a question because I saw those tweets, but then I also saw a graph earlier, and I think it might have been a result of those tweets or something else, but it was okay. like a favorite. There was a, there was a different one of like, how much do you like this team? And it was like the Orioles was at the top, were at the top with like 81%. And then like the bottom like 10, the bottom like five or six were all like teams you know why people hate them. It's like the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Phillies. And the White Sox, right? Fourth from the bottom (laughs) were the fucking White Sox. Because nobody, nobody in their fucking right minds, not even the White Sox fans, have a favorable opinion of the Chicago White Sox. The funniest thing is that I I saw that specifically because a White Sox fan that I am friends with retweeted and was like, this is so fucking embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. If I were Jerry Reinsdorf, I'd be embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed. It's embarrassing because it's accurate, I think is the thing. Like, they should be embarrassed. But it's funny when the, the fucking A's... Are, are still at like 41% on that graph. Cause I guess it's like, cause it doesn't specify like, do you, do you like them, you know, or do you like ownership or whatever? Cause it's like the A's would probably be at the very bottom if it was ownership, but it's like right. the it, White Sox being fourth, the fourth right. least liked team in baseball and it's, probably most of those votes coming from White Sox fans. Is that's what I was just going to say. Like I want I, I want to dig into the data and find out how many how much of that negative sentiment was people who are actually White Sox fans. That was uh you were indeed correct Jordan you knew exactly where I was going. Uh the game was going to be naming the top 10 uh most disliked <laughs> teams in baseball and the Yankees were indeed number 1 um uh, and the A's down at number 10. So Yankees, Astros, Mets, yeah, fine, makes sense. Both, you know, yeah. there's a New York, there's the cheating bastards, I mean, there's the Yankees, then there's the cheating bastards, then there's another New York. Uh, the White Sox in at number four, ahead of the Dodgers. And that's it's got to be White Sox fans. Because Wait, cause I don't know if anyone else feels that strongly about the White Sox. I mean, clearly some people do. Right. But I, don't, I don't know that it's like a huge percentage of people who know what a piece of shit Jerry Reinsdorf is. No, it's... It's entirely driven by the the AL Central and Cubs fans, right? I, it's it, even then. I think AL Central people are like, uh, you're, "It's funny how bad you guys are. We can't we can't like you, but oh. we can't like you either." My my comment of AL Central is inclusive of the White Sox fans who hate their oh, okay, team, okay, okay. right? Right. Yeah. Right. Inclusive of possibly driven by. As <laughs> it's also like there's a massive, you know, there's a lot of White Sox Twitter. White Sox Twitter is very big for how how small of a fan base it seems like, you know. Yeah, White Sox Twitter is is a, a quite an impressive bunch. White White Sox. If if it weren't for White Sox Twitter, I'd have no friends. So, <laughs> but. It's 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 interesting. Like it's a very uh, vocal community that seems to. Um, you know, there's a lot of us, and the, all of us hate the team, except for the choice few who love to be contrarians. And I'm not going to get into any more White Sox Twitter, because fuck White Sox Twitter sometimes. Uh, as a Sharks fan, 
I really relate to the no one can hurt you as much as I hurt myself. Like no one else can hate this team more than I do. Like mentality, that's yes, very much exactly. no one that's very much the relationship I have with hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um I feel like that's my relationship with the entire sport of hockey and kind yeah, of why I mean, Yeah, that's true. I've disconnected from it and especially we've talked about this a little bit on the show, especially like the Rangers being the team that I grew up rooting for and the way they've been particularly shitty. Um, Yeah. Hockey is a great sport for this kind of poll because hockey fans all hate their own teams way more than. Oh, with with an intensity that is impressive. Yeah. Let's also note, there's not a lot of people that aren't Mets fans that, really and truly hate the Mets to put them at number three again, like over the Dodgers. Like, yeah, that's another Phillies fans, Braves fans. Yeah. Philly, Atlanta and Yankee fans all over. You've got your, yeah, yeah, you've got your, your usual like intra-division riffs. You've got your crosstown rivals. I I just don't think I just, it's funny that I just don't think that the AL central, like other AL central fans hate the White Sox that much because they're like, (laughs) ah, yeah, it's the I don't think about you. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, the, well, the funny thing is that um, <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf and Dick Monfort, both at the same, with I, I swear, I think it was within a couple of weeks of each other, both made comments about, like, we're not tanking. And I was just like, that's worse. <laughs> Do you see how that's worse? That it's more <laughs> embarrassing. Because that is implying to me that you really thought this, this team was the best you could do. See, but I don't believe Jerry Reinsdorf is 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 uh, telling the truth. I believe the Bonforts are telling I don't the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I think Reinsdorf is a piece of shit, but Monfort is also a piece I, of I, shit, I, but I also said, just like deeply incompetent. I think I've said this on the show before. Actually, I think I said this on the first podcast I was on is, you know, Dick Monfort's Mr. Bean and Jerry Reinsdorf is Mr. Mr. Burns. Yeah, that's, yep. yep. Yep, that that captures it pretty much. As 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 a former Rockies fan and a, a recovering White Sox fan, I have to say. But speaking of Dick Monfort, the fact that he was one of the like face of the owners during the CBA negotiations, I would have paid so much money to watch Dick Monfort sit across a table from Max Scherzer, like. Oh, I, I would have bought that pay-per-view. Like, I would have paid so much money that's, just to that's be able we, to witness that conversation. I, I think, you know, the the easiest way for the, uh, you know, I, that's the, you know what? That's going to be the next thing that's going to happen with the, the writer strike and the, the SAG strike is that, like, the, uh, the like, CEOs are going to be like, you know, we could probably make money off of like live streaming this, and and oh my god, yeah, yeah, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be awful and it's gonna be messy and it's where they start be- making like hard knocks boardroom. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. what they did the have on uh, <laughs> uh, last night on network television. Um, I happen to see Price is Right late night, uh, prime time. Price is Right at night. Price is Right. Always a treat. Oh. I it 
it feels disorienting for prices right to not be on at like 11 o'clock in the morning while I'm sick on the couch with like chicken and stars. Like mm-hmm. that is the only context in which prices right makes sense to me. Yeah. And it's, it's weird when like the item up for bids is a new car because they've got to jazz it up. Cause it's prime time. Right. So like you've got people like one person won a car by saying, and this dude was so unbelievably stoned. It was great. Um, oh he was he was the fourth one to bid. Like, like it it started with the third person. Like they have two normal bids for the car, and then this woman's like, uh, she undercuts both of them, and then he goes, uh, one dollar more than she just said. <laughs> And he won the car. No shit. Doing oh, that. Oh my god. Then played the game where that they named amazing. three prizes. Um, and his prize was like thirty thousand dollars. So like he played the game with the boxes and like he got it to the point of like right. he, he named all three things correctly. Um, and then won thirty thousand dollars in cash. And like this stone guy's face was just like it was amazing. That was um, the happiest a person has ever been in their life. On yes, uh, like on a, Price is Right. A, at night. a person winning Price is Right. There's nothing better than that. Can't beat it. Um, also, the other change that they've made to Price is Right that I like, and I guess it's probably a COVID thing, is uh, they've spaced out the crowd. They've got like everybody kind of in pods with their little like two or three people now. Oh, fun! Um, and that way you can also really easily see the person that you're there with, who's like coaching you through it and like the guy who was coaching the high dude was just as much of a highlight because he was like oh man oh man you're so high (laughs) he's aware of what's happening from the from the audience so that is what we need is um one of dick monfort and jerry reinsdorf to just get freaking Blasted high right before the trade deadline and uh, and go nuts, and that that does bring us back to the list um, of these teams because we had the those you know, those teams above the Dodgers, then the Dodgers, Phillies, Cardinals, Red Sox all make sense, no. um, and then Padres and A's. Um, Interesting. Padres fan, the Padres. I found and Britt, you may know this better than I as a. Oh, I- <laughs> Lifelong Giants fan. Um, Padres uh, from 3,000 miles away on the East Coast seem neat. They've got Machado. They've got Soto. They've got, you know, all this cool talent and have for years. They've got a great park. Weather's always nice. Um, Everyone loves a nice trip to San Diego. Um, This weekend for the Mets notwithstanding how crappy that wound up going. Um, being in the same division with the Padres and, and Jordan, you've had this experience as a Rockies fan too. Uh, that's a real pain in the ass. They're always not beating the team that you need them to beat somehow. Yeah. They're always They're, stepping in shit at exactly the wrong time. They, the fans are weirdly obnoxious for a team this, that's never won. Dick. Right. So I was just going to say, I, I wonder how much the result that result is determined by the fact that Padres Twitter can be so fucking annoying and has like manifested out of nowhere in the past three years. Like I didn't hear shit about shit from any of you people. 
I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it, and it's probably going to get me, like, I'm going to get all sorts of weird Padres fans on me, all, like, probably three of them that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, it's going to be like, That's I, I think 90% of Padres fans have become a Padres fan in the last four years. <laughs> like, since Tatis, since Machado, that, that's, you know, when Padres fans have become, there's the, like, there's the, like, older people who have been Padres fans since, like, the Tony Gwynn days. But, right. like, no one was watching the Jake Peavy Padres. No one was watching. I guess there were I guess there were some people probably watching the Adrian Gonzalez Padres, but they're sure. not the same people who just started watching the, the Fernando Tatis Manny Machado Padres. Those are like I, 15 year olds. Well, I think I think there's a certain amount of like look, uh, as a Warriors fan, I'm not gonna fault people for deciding that they want to pay attention to a no. team when they're not dog shit anymore. So like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault anyone for that. But I think that definitely does color other fans' perception of it. Because it's like, they're they're so loud and obnoxious sometimes. And they were doing that thing. I don't think they still do this. But they were doing that thing where when the Padres would win, they would just camp out in the post-game tweet of the team they beat and just like make the most obnoxious comments they could think of. Um, and so I think like that whole thing, obviously like it's a small sample size. Like I don't think that's reflect. I would have no issue going to a Padres game. I like Petco. Like. Um, I don't think it's reflective of like the larger group, but it definitely does like color your experience of the team. If you primarily experience them through Twitter. Well, which we're really not going to do so much anymore. And I I think that's an interesting thing too, is um, I think Padres Twitter, like Cardinals Twitter, um, maybe not seeing quite as much of a scramble for the other websites uh, at the moment. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this no, way. Uh, San Diego is a military town. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave that at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think that plays into it is that as a military town, it's it's got kind of the D.C. issue of there's a really transient population there. Right. Um, that is just naturally, all, a, a lot of Padres fans are always going to be people who have become Padres fans in the last three or four years because a lot of people who are getting to San Diego through the military, whatever. Right. Or they move there yeah. just because it's gorgeous. Which, right. Fair, fair that's play. The other, <laughs> that's the other part. There's not a lot of San Diego diaspora out there. You're not meeting no. Padres no. fans in your day to day life. The internet brought them to us because they're not leaving San right. Diego. They're living up in San Diego. It's perfect. Right. The only thing that sucks is the sports. Right. They have the Padres and they had the Chargers and the Chargers fucked off and did them a favor by going right. to LA. <laughs> Speaking of which, Philip Rivers, uh, that that was some news today. Philip Rivers now expect Philip Rivers. Rivers. Philip Rivers. Um Tenth kid on the way. I was just gonna say, please tell me they're not oh. having another kid. Holy shit! No kid. Not not to it's judge bad. anyone's life choices, but I'm judging their life choices a little. I, I'm, could, I'm I'm judging I'm judging them. I can I I will judge them because they're I, are they okay? Are they ju- they're just Catholic, right? They're not like the weird like I, like Duggars. I, 
No, like, yeah, Christian, I think so. I don't, Catholic, I don't think there are any like weird fringe anything. I don't think. I yeah, that's what that's that's what like makes it even like like I don't know. I mean, even like the Catholic families I know like, nowadays only have like you know five or six kids. Right. But I was like, just going to say, as, as a as a recovering Irish Catholic, like you could have four or five, and everybody would be like, "You totally did your job." Yeah, he's, he's, a devout, he's a devout uh, Catholic, and uh, and a uh, a big fan of Rick Santorum. Uh, <laughs> All right, here, okay. here we go. Huh. Uh, Philip Rivers. Um, Philip Rivers was born on the feast of the Immaculate Conception. Um, not clear how immaculate the 10 conceptions that he's been involved in now have uh, uh, and raised as a fellow Catholic by Steve and Joan Rivers in Decatur, Alabama. So Philip Rivers' mom is Joan Rivers. Um, Love that. I, it's I wonder, that is information that I wish I had during his playing career. It's, on, it's honestly interesting to me that he's a Catholic from Alabama. I was just going to say, Catholics from the South are a unique, a unique thing because to stay Catholic in the South, you've really, you've really got to be committed because like you probably, your church might be yeah. kind of out of the way. Like you're not going to go to church with all your friends because all your friends are going to the Baptist place down the street. Like it requires I mean, a level of commitment that is. And the KKK hates Catholics. Like that, there like is the that too. In the South yeah. is kind of dangerous a little bit. It's interesting to be, you know, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is now the coach at St. Michael Catholic High School in Fairhope, Alabama, and he's getting the chance to follow in his father's footsteps as he began to do as a young quarterback wearing number 17, just like his dad. Good. This is from uh, Relevant Radio, bringing Christ to the world through the media. Um <laughs> article this February by John Hanready, uh, titled Philip Rivers, Faith, Family, and Football. I will not be uh, linking to it from the web because I am closing out this window, although it does uh, it does have a pray with us, and there have been 524,984,882 prayers and abortion. Guess what, fuckers? It ain't working. If, you, if you're that about it, do what Phil does. <laughs> they're making a choice too. And their choice yeah, is fine. to uh, continue having lots of unprotected sex. Apparently. Good for them. I mean, Nick Cannon still got him beat though. Although with, with significantly more women. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say Nick Cannon does have an unfair advantage in that regard. You could, however, uh, project a future where the F1 grid is made entirely out of cannons and riverses. Oh, God. That is so concerning to think about on so many levels. Uh, speaking of that, speaking of... Yeah, what do um, you do with all the, the uh, Nepo babies uh, who are in the sport to begin with? Well, depending on how you define Nepo babies, it's like almost all of them. Like, there's only a couple who had fathers with like really good careers, but almost all of them came from it one way or another. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a very incestuous sport that way. And I guess it all is because 
to get to that level of auto racing, you have to have access to uh, driving a car at an age when you should not be driving a fucking car. No, it's expensive as fuck. And the only way to get into it, like at that level, is to be karting from the time you're seven years old or whatever. Like, you've got to be committed to it at a very young age, and it's expensive as shit. What a dream for a seven-year-old, or what a nightmare for a seven-year-old. Yeah, a little of both, I have a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why, uh, not to armchair (laughs) psychoanalyze here, but it's probably why many of them are, like, not totally (laughs) well-adjusted. I mean, they are all absolutely freaks. Right. among you know, we, we were talking um, before the show on, on our chat about the exceptionally low number of people who have had a chance to um, figure out what to do with their own testicles after having them cut off. Uh-huh. Um, there have been even fewer people who have had the chance to drive a race car that freaking fast with that level of fame and that level of pressure. And I mean, even now compared to, you know, what it was 15, 20 years ago, it's, there's a different level of fame being Max Verstappen than there is being Michael Schumacher. And that is with no slight to Michael Schumacher, who was an absolutely huge freaking sports figure. I don't know if that's true internationally. That's probably, that's almost definitely true in North America. I don't know if that's true in Europe. I think, I think just by virtue of the demands of fame in this era, in you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on whether you're the early internet. Right. I mean, I guess it depends on whether you're talking about it. Right. It depends on whether you're talking about it, sort of in relative terms. Like, how famous are you relative to other like elite athletes, or just like. How much could you not walk out of a restaurant and not get accosted? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my like market of mark, you know, my mark of fame is it's like, could I recognize you on the street or like, are right. a significant number of people going to recognize you on the street? Cause it's like, there are people, you know, who are famous to me that I would recognize on the street, but no one else would be like, oh yeah, that's that person. But yeah, it's the like, are there paparazzi following you around? Or, and like, are there, you know, thousands of, you know, people waiting outside a restaurant you're eating at because they learned you're eating there kind of thing. And I also don't think, I also think that levels of fame have, you know, been kind of, not to get very philosophical about this, but like levels of fame have gotten really interesting in the, the now this internet age, the like Twitter, social media age of like, there's all sorts of, you know, levels of fame, including just like internet fame. But like the fact that everyone, there's so many different outlets for people to have that some, everyone's famous to someone at this point. And I also think that there's, there's an, a, a much higher expectation of like access to the, to the top tier. Like if you're really legit, like for real, for real famous, there is this expectation of like, people are going to know way more about you and you're going to be way more like 
visible in all of these social media spaces and whatever else that like 20 years ago, you could be kind of be a recluse and it was fine. Like you could kind of just go make your movie or whatever and show up to the premiere and like show up to the handful of, of events that you needed to show up at and be photographed and like could kind of disappear otherwise. And you, you're kind of not allowed to do that anymore. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. In Max Verstappen's ideal world, he would be just sitting in a studio apartment playing FIFA in front of a TV, like right. that's you know on, on a Red Bull beanbag, like right. that'd and, be. And he does as close to that as he can get away with, like. Yeah. He he avoids all of the extraneous shit so much more than the rest of them do because he just he's a he's a race car bot and does not want to think or do about any think about or do anything about anything else. Jordan, did, did you happen to catch uh, the last dominance uh, after we, after we badgered you about it last week? I did watch, I watched the race. I, I, I was like, I was surprised that Lando Norris led like five laps and I was like, oh my God, is, is someone that's not Max Verstappen going to win? Because everyone's, everyone's like, oh, he wins all the time. And then, and then of course he still won because fuck, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, it was fun. It was a funny, I was, I was, when you were getting into it earlier, I was like, I was, oh, maybe I should, you know, talk about what I liked, but it was, it was fun. Um, you, you and Addy kind of saddled me with uh, a terrible team. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if I can ever forgive you for that. But um, See, when they told me who you ended up with, they absolutely made it sound like you had, had made a free choice of that one. Not I, like you had been strong-armed into it. I do not know how... how t- I, I apparently two of my coworkers also watched this choice. Wait a minute. They were also you. You were the first one that fucking said it, yet, or you agreed with Addy when it, when when she said it. But um, no. Uh, what's it called? Oh God. I got into work on Monday, and apparently two of my coworkers also watched F one, and I was. I was talking to one of them and I was like, yeah, you know, my, my friends from my podcast, like told me that I should, you know, be a Williams fan. He's like, is anyone a Williams fan? <laughs> right. I, the first question, to, if someone told me that would be like, do they like you? <laughs> or is this, I, I, is this being mean? I'm beginning to think, um, <laughs> Jesse only invited me on the podcast to give me bad opinions on, on things. <laughs> Next, next, right. he's gonna tell me that my NBA team should be like I don't know. The I'm a Knicks fan, so like I can't <laughs> give you any worth advice. Right, right. I yeah. will say the the benefit of Williams. The benefit of Williams, I think, is that they are kind of fun. Like I like that set of drivers right now, and like their liveries are good. Yeah, um, and you have Logan reasonable expectations. I almost did bring a point to Logan Sargent, so that's right. Uh, right. So it's like that's fun. You go into it with no expectations, and when Logan Sargent almost gets a point, you're like, "That was great," and then yeah, I, can like move I, on I, with I, your I, day. I was definitely focusing a lot more on McLaren during the race because you know they were up there, you know, with 
fucking Verstappen race, but like it was it was nice it was nice to like oh there's another thing to look at. It's like oh can can you know Williams do something? And they didn't. I mean, Alex Albon had a nice race, so yeah. so there's that. Um, he, 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 was, he was fun in qualifying. He was fun to watch in qualifying. Yeah, I think uh, you know to to try to defend Addie here uh, while throwing her under the bus for being the primary <laughs> one who suggested Williams. Um, I think that, that she was really trying to capture an energy and a spirit of it. And, and I think that, I think that, you know, we talked about earlier this week that Williams is a team that has a lot of will it's energy uh, to it, yeah, as, that's especially true. with, uh, with our local Florida man. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's, I think that you come to any kind of fandom, whatever it is, sometimes it is as simple as your friends being like, yeah, I think this energy works. But sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe you watched that race and you thought McLaren was cool. Um, for me, like, I've latched onto Ferrari both because of Guido from the cinematic classic Cars. Hell yeah. Um, An extremely valid reason. And because of being on this show with a couple of Ferrari freaks who I love very much. Um, Which, oh, see, now I feel bad because that really is my fault because I did that to Addie and then we peer pressured you into it. It's fine. So now now I really do it. feel bad. Well, what am I going to... I'm not going to... I belong rooting for Ferrari. Like, it makes sense. It's a Yeah, fit. I mean... It's, we, you know. we did establish that there's a just a very Mets energy to that whole situation. Yeah. Deep sigh and uh, character building exercise. That is mm-hmm. what we have. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I, do, I do get a White Sox energy from Williams and I, I and I disappointed. Yeah. 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 That's that's not untrue. Um, I think, there, I think Williams I think, is more fun than that, though. Like, I think Williams is a little more... God, I'm trying to think of who a good equivalent would be. They're, they're, they're the 2020 White Sox and not the 2022 White Sox. Actually, no, because the 2020 White Sox had expectations. Right. I mean, they're almost like like the 2021-2022 Orioles, where like, they're bad, but like they might be fun. And occasionally, like something interesting okay. is going to happen and you okay, don't really yeah. expect anything else. So like, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. 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 As, as a secondarily Orioles fan, I'll take that comparison and stride. And, uh, it's the very important distinction between being bad on purpose and, or knowing you're bad at least, and being bad because you're just incompetent. Like if you're just bad because that's how things worked out, then that's, sometimes like that can still be entertaining are this year's white Sox haws if they if they had to be an f1 team yes they are including the incompetent rich person at the helm yeah okay just uh, yeah trying to trying to square that away um yeah yep. i'm just glad you didn't suggest that the fact that there's a team that shares the same last name, if a different spelling. 
Oh God, that really, that really would have been mean. Yeah. I don't, I, would, I don't think they have any redeeming qualities anymore. It's very, it's very funny that, that, that that's a thing is that there's, it's like, it's like the avocados too. I, you know, yeah. on my last name, you know, it's like, uh, it's very, it's very funny. There was like a, there was a, like a six month window when Haas was actually really fun for like a split second because they got rid of uh, Nikita Mazovin and they brought back, <coughs> excuse me, Kevin Magnuson, who like miraculously like just jumped into the car and was fun. And like Mick Schumacher is always a delightful human because he's a golden retriever puppy driving a sports car. Um, and so there was this brief window. It was like, oh yeah, those are fun. And then that all went away that 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 sounds yeah that definitely sounds like the chicago white Sox. <laughs> and actually like replacing the replacing the promising young popular guy with like two older kind of weird guys is also very white socks yeah that's 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 about that's what's gonna happen in the next couple of weeks is replacing all the uh the young popular guys with the weird guys <laughs> I want to say that that makes Nico, Nico Hulkenberg Lance Lynn, but I don't think that's really fair. And I'm not sure who it's unfair to. I think Lance Lynn is, I mean, you got to take it out to Alfa Romeo, but I think Lance Lynn is the most Terry Bodas player in, in the league. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Um, that's just, That's my... I thought on that. Um, what, what was uh, oh the other part of Haas uh, being like the White Sox, um, having the NASCAR team, which is kind of weird and dispiriting, um, much in the vein of Jerry also owning the <laughs> weird and dispiriting <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah, that also tracks. That also tracks. Yeah, ha- you know, around. there's. The problem is the problem with society is the fact that there are multiple things, multiple bad things you can compare to each other. Yeah, when any of these questions that are like, well, which bad thing is this bad thing like, and you can have like a long debate on what the appropriate choice is, that just tells you there's too many bad things to choose from. Yeah, and it's also not a good sign when you're like, what's the White Sox of X, and like you're trying to find the shittiest thing of shitty things. Right. Right. What's the intentionally worst option? It's it's funny that you can ask who are the White Sox of the NBA and you can immediately go to the Bulls too. Right. Right. No, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Give me, that's an easy one. Here we go. (laughs) They were were like good around the same time and then immediately shit the bed the next year. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just the, Dirt worst because, like, the A's are the spirit airlines of baseball. <laughs> yes, See, yes, the White Sox I, are I like frontier. What the White Sox are, are more like that frontier level of correct, actively shitty and hostile to you, but not actively like, oh, yeah, you're gonna have to pay five dollars if you want a seat cushion. Right. Well, because the, the thing with Spirit Airlines that makes them very A's-y is that if you fly Spirit Airlines and have a shitty time, that is on you. 
because you knew what you were signing up for. It's like going to an AIDS game and being like, wow, that was in a shitty location and that game was terrible. Well, what the fuck did you think you were buying? Like, <laughs> buyer beware, my friend. Uh, Frontier is like you had some reasonable expectations that it would be like tolerable at least. So when they inevitably screw you even worse than that, you like are legitimately bothered by it. But you know, you know what it is? Is the the White Sox are the um, oh, what's the car? I can't remember the car anymore. Oh god, they, the the Chrysler car that was like weirdly the PT uh, Cruiser. Yeah, yeah. The oh White my Sox. god! <laughs> the White Sox are the PT Cruiser of of sports and the like. Or, or of baseball, and the A's are like, oh god, you know, like oh, I'm trying to think of a car that everyone knew was bad. What's the one that um, Ralph Nader? No, no, no. Uh, the one that like blew up that Ralph Nader like made is started like became the Ford Pinto for like yes, the, the Pinto. Yeah, yeah. the The A's are the Pinto or like a Chevy Nova. Like that's the A's. I feel like there's a shittier car than that. The Yugo. Yeah. Hugo. Yeah. The White, the, White so- the White Sox are the Ford Pinto. You, it's like something you think is going to be a decent car. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think fire. that's what makes PT Cruiser actually the perfect comparison, though. Because a PT Cruiser is like, you kind of think it's going to be decent, but it's actually just like they... Tr- they kind of tried, but they were just so bad at it that the result is actually terrible. Yeah, because you got like you got Luis Robert, you got Eloy Jimenez, right. you got Commanders, you got Giolito. You're like, oh, well, well look, well, you got Giolito. Okay. okay, three more days. Well, well yeah. As of as of this recording, you have Lucas Giolito. Yeah. <laughs> the the aerodynamics on this might be weird, but. Maybe. Yeah. Right. No, it's cool. Sucks. It, sucks. No, yeah, it, it sucks. actually sucks. Wait, actually, does that make the White Sox the DeLorean? I don't know if the White Sox are cool enough for that. No. They were at one mm-hmm. point. They were at one point. Yes. Are a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the DeLorean of baseball. Yeah, correct. Okay, but so if the Mets are the DeLorean, what, what does that make the Padres? Because there's like a very similar vibe happening there. Where you're like, you should be good. What the fuck is happening? It's a, like one of the exploding Teslas. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Like, no, te- a Tesla is the or, perfect. Yes. The Padres are a Tesla. Where from a distance, you're like, in the words of uh, Clueless, she's a total Monet. She's fine from a distance, but up close, she's all messed up. Like that is or, the Padres. You know what the Padres are? They're like, what are the, the like the Fister, the like that like Justin Bieber had? For a while, it's like a really nice looking car, but no one, you know, it wasn't uh, good enough for anyone to actually buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that those are all very much the same sort of vibe of like, you're really expensive and you should be cool. But as soon as I get up close, I'm like, this is kind of a mess. Like, the door's yeah, going to fall think, off. Like, I don't know what's happening here. I don't really uh, feel safe in this. <laughs> that's, the, that's what I think the Padres are, is that they are like a sports car. But it's like the Padres are like a 92 Toyota Supra that somebody put 
like 17 nitrous canisters on. They put glass packs and a spoiler on. Yeah. And and as soon as you start it up, it just does not go because you put too much meat on the goddamn thing and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds. Yeah. The Padres are not street legal. The Padres are not street legal. And and not only are they not street, street legal, they think initially that that's going to make them really cool and successful, and it actually just <laughs> makes them not street legal and impossible to do anything. Like it's very much like the jackass of baseball teams. The Padres are like the guys who ride bikes down the streets of Baltimore. It's like they've got like a really they think they've got this really great expensive vehicle that they're gonna make all sorts of noise with and then and then it's just really annoying and kind of bad. So when I was growing up, we had a neighbor across the street. There was a family that lived across the street from us who had a little girl just a little bit younger than me and then had two teenage sons. And one of them who was buddies with my uncle. Um, had a an old style VW Bug that he had bought for seven dollars or whatever, like had gotten super super cheap and refinished. But he also like souped it up <laughs> and like put a really like race car-y kind of paint job on it. I want to say it literally had like flames on the side or something, if I remember correctly. And he put a like Herbie kind of action, a little bit of a Herbie action, yeah. And he put like the loudest mufflers he could find on it. So every morning, like first thing in the morning, he would get up to leave for school <laughs> and you would just hear this, uh, hear him turn on this VW Beetle <laughs> and you, and you look out the window and it's just this little like orange and pink tricked is, is out. Yes. Yes. Oh my god! That, that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Is is yes. it's like this really cheap car that you somehow fitted with like a fucking V eight engine, and yes. and like and and it's it's actually really good despite the fact that it's kind of ugly and and that's you know the, the ugly part you know you know the trap, but it's yeah right. That's, that's that's the allegory for the the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, yeah. I was just you thinking know, about it. the A's are are a VW bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The sound of the Beetlebug engine just going. <laughs> <laughs> it I just, I'm projected by the huge motorbike. <laughs> It it was exactly as funny as you were imagining it being, and I knew that even as a child, like e- even at like six seven years old, I was like, "This is goofy." It just makes a big fart noise all over the town. <laughs> just fart along with your little car. It was so funny, and and the kid whose car it was was super nice, and he would like come over and borrow tools from my grandpa and like my uncle would help him like work on his card whenever. So like we, the family collectively always felt a little bad making fun of it. Cause like he was a very nice kid. Um, and he was not an asshole like some of the rest of his family, but it was just so fundamentally ridiculous. That's great.
I love it. I love everything about it, except for comparing it to the Rays, who suck. I hate them. They're <laughs> an abomination. I want they're, this car to be representing something more fun, but that's okay. Uh, I mean, they, you know what? Maybe they're the Marlins. That's also distressing. This well, is Florida, yeah. though, huh? So we, we yeah. have limited... Well, no, I, that was in California, but... Now, now I need to yeah. write an article about what what kind of car every team in in Major League Baseball is. Oh God! Well, uh, we will happily publish that on on our yeah. website. So look forward yeah. to that. I, I, um, I will gladly write that because now now I've got it. Now that now I've got ideas. Um, I will just say I will offer you a free one. The Yankees are a Jaguar. Would they not be a Lamborghini? Uh, no, yeah, Jaguar. No, Jaguar makes sense. Like an expensive car that will like, always be in the shop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a BM. It's a, it's a, like a fancy, a really nice BMW. Right. It's like an overpriced version of another car, but also breaks down more. Like that's very much. That's where we're at. Yeah. So BMW, like. <clears throat> Fancier than Audi? How do those? How, how does? Depends the, on the model. Are they there, about? There are some fancy Beamers, you know. They're like, like equivalent. It, yeah, it depends on the model because they because both both Audi and BMW have like pretty mid range, like reasonable or, sedan kind of things, or they have like really really high end, like ninety thousand dollar monstrosity kind of. Thing. Or are they like the, the German Plymouth and Ford? Yeah, kind of? basically. I feel like, you know, I, I do feel like the Yankees have to be like a Cadillac, like a car with some history. Like, like, like what your grandfather thought oh. was a fancy car. Cadillacs are terrible for that. Yeah. The Yankees did used to bring their relief pitchers into the game in a pinstriped Cadillac that would drive along the, that, that uh, is true. the morning track. That is true. Who's the El Camino of baseball? El Camino, uh, complimentary or El Camino derogatory? <laughs> we, this could go um, several ways. Either. Well, think about Check it. Right who, who's the, who, if, if a baseball team were a mullet, which is <laughs> a baseball El team were a mullet, <laughs> the El Camino is the mullet of cars. Who is the mullet of baseball? Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that track. I, I also like Jesse's answer of the Rangers. I think either of those works. I yeah. think the Rangers are, are one of those teams too, like we were talking about before. I I don't think about them. Um, um and that, yeah. that's one of the great things about and I'm sorry that he got hurt and is out for the year, but like Jacob deGrom going there was such a gift because right. you never had to think about him again. Year. He went into the, the cornfield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, as, as evidence of how much I also forget the Rangers exist, um, only I have like very specific Rangers related blindness, apparently. I was at a Giants game a couple of weeks ago and I'm waiting for my friend. And so I'm hanging out in the plaza and I see somebody walk by in a Corey Seager Rangers shirt. And I just see the back of it. So I just see Seager five, but it's in red. And I have a moment where I'm like, why is that Dodger shirt a weird colorway? Is that some alt? Because I just <laughs> fully forgot 
that he was no longer on the Dodgers and that he was, in fact, on the Texas Rangers. And I then proceeded to do this same thing about Corey Seager two more times in the span of like two weeks, because this was right before the Yankees played the Rangers. So it was like, same thing. I turned the game on and see Corey Seager. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, Corey Seager. I just... My brain refuses to uh, internalize the fact that he is on the Rangers and the Rangers exist. You could tell me that almost any player in the American League is on the <laughs> Rangers right now. And I would just be like, you know. Oh, I mean, okay. and they, they, did, so. they did have a shopping spree last offseason. So also statistically, yeah. that's more true than it otherwise would be. Yeah, they have... Uh, Garrett Cole, uh, Aaron Judge, <laughs> those are all Texas Rangers. Um, yeah, maybe soon enough at this rate. Um, oh, God, don't and, say that. Uh, Jesus. I can handle a lot of things. I draw the line there. <laughs> I'm not even sure which one. Those would both be things that are never happening. Um, but uh, they are... I've never cared less about the Yankees in my entire life than I have this season. It's uh, yeah, it's incredible because it is yeah. really just the same fucking team as last year, which was the same fucking team as the year before, which was the same fucking team as the year before that, and uh, also only now I don't judge anymore. <laughs> yeah. Except, and also, Aaron Hicks is gone, but he's actually good for the Orioles now. No, but, okay, but you know what? I, I'm going to lean into this Aaron Hicks hater thing, because I've already talked shit about him on this podcast, and I'm not going to back away from it now. Fuck Aaron Hicks. Right. I'm, I'm ha- thrilled for him that he's happy with the Baltimore Orioles. Go with God, my friend, but also get the fuck out. I don't want to watch you anymore. Uh, I, he could he could win an MVP, and I would not be mad about the fact that the Yankees jettisoned his ass. It was. It's really weird when it gets to the point of the fourth outfielder being a distraction with his complaining about. Right. Whatever. Well, 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 I don't know what my role is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Suck less, and you'll know what your role is. Like, why are you acting like you're obligated? Like you're entitled to have that information. Like, your role is you're not playing unless somebody gets hurt. <laughs> like, you have to really also understand, like, how wrong you are when people are taking Aaron Boone's side against you. Right. Uh, no Yankees fan I know wants to take Aaron Boone's side about anything. Aaron Boone no. would be on fire and most Yankees fans would be like, you know what? No, I think he's fine. Like... Is that going to slow down the four train? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah, great. He's on fire. But uh, when is Aaron Judge coming back? Like, when it, yeah. are, are you going to trade for Otani? Like, why, I don't, why are we talking about this? What really would be the funniest, funniest landing spot for Otani? Would it be, like, Arizona? The funniest? Like, funniest or funniest and also conceivable? No, funniest, like, funniest, like, weird possibility like funny, like conceivable in a way, but like you'd have to do some really weird mental math to like figure out how how you would get there. Uh, in it's be Arizona, right? Imagining that I am saying this like Joe Biden saying liquid swords, Colorado. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that that's that, that was my, shoot that would be that. fucking hilarious. I and, I want to see oh if Otani became a Colorado Rocky this year, he would hit seventy five home runs. Right, like he would also probably have like a five ERA, which is, would just be yeah, funny. I don't want it. it would just be funny. I'm not saying I want it, but it would be fucking comedy. Um, for for me, it's Cincinnati. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Si- okay. Similar. And, uh, Citizen Bank Small Park creates some interesting possibilities. Yeah. Sm- small ballpark. Otani and Ellie Dela Cruz on the same team for half a season. Fun. Um, fun. Like the Reds are a weird ass organization. Yes. That will go out and like. If they do feel like they have a chance, they will make a move to like get a rental. They but just may do it, right? And it's like, just they will never to be sign like, Shohei Otani as a free agent. No, okay. right? I, I just we're the, talking trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. I I just had the worst possible thought because okay, someone I I saw a tweet the other day that, that this is unrelated, but. Uh, so a tweet that like Houston has has made enough space in their like budget to sign Otani, but I just had I just had the the worst thought of like the moment the the like relocation becomes official is is Fisher signing Otani oh for God. for the move to Vegas. Now the good news is that would never happen because it would require John Fisher spending money, so we don't have to worry yeah. about that too much. But. That that's the worst possible scenario for an Otani free agent signing. Like, yeah, as much as as much as it, you know, his talents would be squandered. It's just like my the the most the the fuck John Fisher in me is like, oh god, he would you know, someone and, would do it. And for Otani's sake, he may as well just stay in Anaheim at that point. The weather's better. Yeah, like, that's true. I. I don't want to bring this up for fear of manifesting it. Shohei Otani in Houston means that there is eventually a Shohei Otani picture with Ted Cruz. And that uh, needs to never, I will, ever. Uh, of, there are so many reasons that I wouldn't want him to go to Houston. And that has now mm-hmm. become very high on the list. I hadn't even thought about that part of it. There were all the other reasons I didn't want him to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. That's horrible scenario. Let's go. Um, Uh, I did. I will say though, uh, Alex Cobb was apparently doing some light, some light tampering at the All Star game, which I I find. I just find that very endearing. Alex Cobb very confidently was like, "I think he'll be a giant." I was like, "You're full of shit," but also, I love that for you. I love that for all of us. Didn't didn't Senga say something too? Said so he, he's going to get this hat on him. Yeah, I I love that. I love that. It just I I love how tampering just basically doesn't exist in baseball. And it, the All Star Game is just it, there's always one or two guys during the All Star Game that's just everybody else being like, "Hey, so uh, what you doing? Hi, uh, what do you think? Can I can I interest you in a contract? Not not that I'm offering. Not that I would do that because that's against the rules. But I'm just saying, I I really really like it there. I think you do. Like every conversation, every conversation is like a really awkward pickup line in a bar. 
that's why baseball needs a transfer window and take it out of the hands of these executives and start like the real shit with just tampering in earnest at the all-star game and then transfer window to the end of the month players have more voice more agency we don't have to do this nonsense of like sending prospects somewhere else just straight cash homie let's let's get this done let's make this a business transaction like we all know it is yeah and uh i i will say in my my fever dream right the thing that i am i am allowing myself to continue to hope about is that i really do actually think the giants might pull that off if only because I think Farhan Zaidi is going to fucking commit a crime if he doesn't land a free agent. Like, if he does not get somebody that's making at least 400 billion, 400 million on that payroll, he is going to fucking burn shit down. Like, yeah, that that's is- a goddamn lootly nut. I am not losing another one. Honestly, I could see that. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you could, you could give. Yeah, the, the the amount of money that was offered to both Correa and Judge could is still probably right. not enough for Otani. Still, no, it's probably still not enough. But thankfully, they have they have at least proven that there's an appetite for like offering that kind of money. Yeah, and, and I will say, historically speaking, the Giants' problem has not usually been that they didn't spend money. It's been that either they couldn't quite land somebody. Or it's been that they spent money on people who were old. <laughs> and so then that didn't really work out well. But That second but one is usually the White Sox problem. <laughs> right. They're, they're, look, they're so overlap. But so hey, I, do, I do. Yeah. And also, like, the Giants are weirdly young now. So, like, that's strange. But also it means they're cheap. There's There's very few people making much money on that team right now. Otani, God, I think I want him on the Giants now. If if not my own team, I um, I will. I I will say this in our defense, Giants collectively. uh, No one will love someone more aggressively than Giants fans. Like we, to the point of stupidity. Like to the point that there are people who should be remember a guy who like will never pay for a drink in San Francisco again. Like mm-hmm. if fucking Shohei Otani walks through that door, people still like give Chris Bryant a, like a uh, standing ovation when he shows up with the Rockies. He was here for two months, and we're still like, my boy, when he shows up. He's, like if fucking Shohei so Otani pretty. walks, th- he's so pretty. He's so pretty, and just such a nice boy. Like I can't be mad at mm-hmm. that. But like if fucking Shohei Otani walks through that door, uh, j- they will never print enough jerseys. Like, it will be impossible for them to keep up with demand. I, I really just want to see him hit balls into the water and then pitch in a park that has that outfield. Um, like, that's freaking... Oh, my God. Imagine right? being a freaking lefty batter and righty pitcher in that place. Yeah. I mean, anywhere, but, like, ah! <laughs> right. I will say the only... <laughs> The only thing I'm a little a, a little annoyed by is that I wish he was a righty hitter because he could I believe that he could be the first right-handed hitter to hit a ball into the water. I believe he could do he it. He could also he could also be the first right-handed hitter to hit the glove. 
The first hitter of any kind, I think, to hit the I don't think anybody's hit the glove. Have they? In a game? Yeah. Yeah. That thing is freaking far. Well, Stanton has hit it multiple times in BP. But I feel like we would all remember it really well. No, yeah, no. I think you're. I think you're right in a game. But I'm. But what I'm saying is that we, I we know that it is possible by a person who is currently playing. Has, has nobody ever? Uh, no right-handers hit one into the water, even in BP. I mean, they probably have in BP. It's not as hard to do in BP. Obviously, someone did in the home run derby one in the home run derby, like when it was there to hit the glove or. No, hit it into the hit it into the water. I feel like there was a righty who hit it into the water. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, uh, I remain. I still think that when they put a statue of Buster Posey up, they should put it. They should replace the one water cannon pillar in on the arcade in right field because he hit a home run off Walker Bueller in the NLDS in twenty twenty one. That if that fucking pillar wasn't there would have gone into the water and it would have made him the only right-handed hitter to have done that and i remain mad because that's like one of the only things that buster posey didn't do hit a ball into the water i i did just uh, send you guys a link to a video we'll, we'll go out on this um Mets and Padres, uh, current Padres legend, uh, former Mets legend Gary Sanchez. Oh, um, yeah. When he was with the Yankees, it, uh, the the headline on this is Sanchez aims for glove. Uh, Gary Sanchez took aim at Oracle Park's big glove on a monster grand slam. It was 467 feet, uh, 28 degree launch angle, 110.8 on the exit below on the cast graphic that's up there on the, the screen the thumbnail um this ball did not even uh really come close to that glove uh that thing's got to be at least 500 feet it's away. very far out there i will say fun fact i was at that game the gary sanchez grand slam game. was it the gary sanchez grand slam game uh, i was very excited the yankees were in town and they uh it was a, they well it was bad the yankees played great the giants played like dog shit so it was a real real mixed bag for me personally <laughs> You know, but it was such a blowout uh, that I did like get to see Tyler Wade come in because <laughs> it was like whatever, and I'm a fucking sicko, so that was fun for me. Seeing Tyler Wade on the A's was uh, interesting. Weird, uh, weird. My right there was, before the break, there was one shot on on the A's broadcast of uh, Domingo Herman's perfect game. Obviously, I'm blacked out from mm-hmm. A's broadcast, so I'm watching it on the A somewhat begrudgingly on the A's broadcast. And there was a shot of him at the end, leaning against the rail in the A's dugout, just like staring forlornly into the distance. (laughs) And it was one of the saddest and unintentionally funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I am so mad that it happened so quickly that I couldn't like get a picture of it because it was so funny. Gonna have to track that down. It's out there. It, it is it's out there. Somewhere, there. That I'm A's, sure. That A's broadcast. Twenty twenty three A's broadcast. Just a 
magical time for everyone. In <laughs> yeah. Showed a perfect game. They've shown a racial slur. What fun for everyone. <laughs> what uh, can't they do? They've shown fans chanting to sell the team. Uh, we oh, will see what, what else they can and cannot do as we go forward. We've been, we've been talking here for a long time. And we uh, have. Stop that because we will come back and talk more another time. Um, next week, probably. Probably mm-hmm. done for this week. No, we're not done for this week. I'm not done for this week. I'm going to the Mets game tomorrow night. Oh. Or the Mets game. Pot at the Park. Love it. Mets Dodgers for Pot at the Park. Uh, Ooh. That'll be painful. So stay tuned for that. Uh, That'll be out um, after this. Because this (laughs) one will come out first. Because this one was recorded first. George, do you have anything else to say while I'm rambling here at the end? Uh, If if you have anything else, speak now at Jordan's version. (laughs) I, I... Um, I don't think I've got anything to say. It's like 1040. It's bedtime. It is bedtime. Except for Britt, who is... Uh, for me. It's still light out where you are, <laughs> which is... The sun is still here. out here, yes. The sun is still out here. Um, yeah, so the sun is out. The clouds are out. Actually, Jordan, your background looks fairly bright as well. Are you that's secretly my, in the Pacific Ocean? That's my lights on my wall. You can you can look outside and out the window. And it's it's dark. Jordan, showing us it is indeed dark. Oh, there was a very handsome uh, individual on your computer yeah, screen I, there. I, yeah, he's right there. Hi, Adley. <laughs> yeah, love to see it. Uh, and yeah, and on a cup, and uh, there we go. And that is, I think that's that's an episode of World Spot, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. That's what I've been it. told. It's over. I gotta hit stop to make it stop, and that's what I will do. Love you. <laughs>